Hey mamas, Laura here and today we are publishing a bonus episode for this pregnancy nutrition series which is a recording of the live Q&A I did with our prenatal dietitian Larissa. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes, it's time for you to guide you through, let's take some time for Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, we are kicking off with a bonus episode in the Pregnancy Nutrition series, sharing the recording of the live Q&A I did recently with Larissa Telfer, a prenatal dietitian and diabetes educator. In this Q&A, we answer your most popular questions, including should you try to lose weight during pregnancy if you started overweight? the best foods to manage constipation, how to stay hydrated when you're feeling nauseous, best low GI snack ideas, and so much more. Now, don't forget, we have already released the first five episodes in this series covering the specific nutrients needed for each individual trimester of pregnancy, safe fish and caffeine consumption, what foods to avoid during pregnancy, pregnancy cravings, healthy gestational weight gain, gestational diabetes, and postpartum nutrition. There's a lot we have covered. So make sure you go and have a listen to all of those before you dive into today's episode. And there are so many amazing podcast series in the lineup right now. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. And don't forget, we have our bonus six episode exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse, where Larissa answers all your questions around breastfeeding, nutrition, and baby led weaning. So we cover whether keto diets or fasting after birth is appropriate breastfeeding probiotics, what extra calories and nutrients you'll need whilst breastfeeding and ways you may be able to boost your milk supply. And this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series, along with our exclusive member-only bonus podcast content, is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to or watch this entire podcast series right now, then check out the Pregnancy Posse today. When you join the Pregnancy Posse, I will guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer questions from our amazing members and there is a wonderful community forum where members all support each other along with an amazing resources library which helps you prepare for birth, improve your pelvic floor strength and manage any aches or pains. Now I'd love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy so just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. Now let's get into this bonus episode with Larissa Telfar answering all of your live questions. Enjoy. Hello, Larissa. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. The last live I did, we had all these tech troubles. So the fact that you're on already and it's 8.01, I feel like it's going to be a good night. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good start. (laughs) So I'll just do a little introduction for those who haven't stumbled across you yet. I'm sure they have. That's why they're here tonight. But Larissa is our prenatal dietitian who has done our recent series on the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. So in that series, Larissa covered nutrition through each specific trimester. We spoke about what foods to avoid during pregnancy and what foods to up during pregnancy. We also spoke about gestational diabetes, which is one of your bread and butter topics. That's um, where you're really passionate and educated in. We also spoke about things like safe fish consumption, caffeine consumption, 
during pregnancy and we also then we've covered everything we also then spoke about postpartum nutrition and then if you are a pregnancy posse member there is that bonus six episode where larissa speaks about baby led weaning um which is amazing as well and breastfeeding nutrition so there was loads of questions that came through on that so believe it or not we've still got extra questions that's why we do these lives so um we have had women already submit questions for tonight's live after they've listened to the podcast series and they've still got a few extra questions. And they're really good questions, actually. Mm -hmm. So um, I think we're going to have a lot of fun answering them tonight. And then we will go to live questions tonight as well, guys. So stick around. If you do have a burning question that you haven't submitted to us yet, we will definitely um, try and get to them. And a reminder that we will be pulling out a name for someone to win. Larissa's made this incredible pregnancy recipe uh, book and a free pregnancy posse membership we're going to be giving one lucky lady both of those things tonight just for being here asking questions being part of the live so that's really exciting as well and if you haven't go and check out these episodes that I just spoke about there's five released on the pregnancy with physio Laura podcast and that chances are is probably going to cover most of the questions you might have if we don't get around to it so Hold tight, Alicia. We will get to your questions in a second. We've just got a couple that have come in pre-prepared that we're going to start with. And we'll, we'll just jump right off the bat, I think, and, and get into it if you're happy to do that, Larissa. Sounds good. Awesome. Okay, so this is a really good one because I have heard of this before. But if a lady starts pregnancy overweight, mm. should she be encouraged to try and lose weight during pregnancy? Yeah, this is a great question. I get this one quite often as well. So generally we don't recommend aiming for weight loss in pregnancy um, because we know if um, women are restricting their diet too much in pregnancy, it can compromise their nutrition and energy um, and that can also compromise baby's growth. So uh, if you're concerned around um, weight in pregnancy, I would encourage women to speak to their provider, whether that's their one of their obstetricians or a midwife or something like that, just to make sure that they're getting that individual advice around healthy weight gain for pregnancy because it does differ for women um, depending on, um, you know, things like your height and the weight that you are at the beginning of the pregnancy. And I think um, you touched on this in the podcast, Larissa, but I think I remember mm -hmm. you vaguely saying, and I know we can't get into specifics for each individual tonight, but depending mm -hmm. on where you start in pregnancy, there's like a different weight gain that you should be aiming for. So if you start at a larger BMI, you're going to mm -hmm. aim to have less weight gain than someone who starts at, say, a, a lower BMI, correct? That's correct. So um, I like to talk about it like the rate of weight gain. So um, if you're someone who started... Um, pregnancy at a higher body weight, um, then our goal might be around um, limiting weight gain. So it's not that we're aiming for weight loss or that we're not going to see, um, we, you know, we're not going to see any weight gain, but we might be aiming to limit the amount of weight that we gain throughout the pregnancy. Yeah, awesome. And this is in episode three of the series as well, guys. So go mm. check that out. I know Larissa, again, feels very passionate about talking about mm. healthy gestational weight gain. I know that for some women, it's a topic that's not really spoken about very much. Like I know myself, I've actually never been weighed in my pregnancy. So mm. it's a real non-topic, but I know a lot of women are very interested in it. So go mm. check out episode three if you want any follow-up information on that. But that's great. Now, this is a big one, and this is a real passion of mine too, constipation in pregnancy. So from my point of view, everyone that follows me should know 
you move to poo, you use your footstool, you do not strain on that pelvic floor. But from your point of view, what can women be doing from a diet and hydration point of view to be making sure that they're managing constipation well? Yeah, and it is really quite common constipation in pregnancy. So particularly in the third trimester, most women will experience constipation in pregnancy. So it's not something that if you're experiencing that, you're alone by any means. Um, those hormones in pregnancy, that slow digestion, that pressure on the tummy mean that it is really, really common. Um, so I'm glad you touched on hydration as well there, Laura, because when it comes to constipation, there's two things that can really, um, I guess, help, and that is fibre and fluid. So um, if you are going to increase your fibre intake, it's also really important you increase your fluid intake and make sure that you are getting enough fluid. Um, so in terms of foods that can help, um, things like nuts and seeds, I particularly love chia seeds. Um, there's lots of different little nut mixes and seed mixes that you can buy now that you can just, you know, sprinkle on top of salads for meals or your cereal in the morning or adding into smoothies and things like that as well. Um, getting enough of your fruit in too and vegetables are both things that can really help to increase your fibre intake. Um, and choosing, um, I guess, like whole grain type foods, like if you're going looking for crackers, which lots of women in pregnancy, um, you know, they're relying on crackers, trying to choose like whole grain crackers or some of those higher fiber options can really help to increase that fiber intake. And what you mentioned before is probably a good point, actually. If you up your fiber, but you don't up your fluid intake, could you actually be making yourself more constipated? Yeah, that can happen. So mm -hmm. um, it's really important that if you are increasing your fibre intake to help um, with constipation, that you are getting, making sure you are getting plenty of fluids and um, if not increasing your fluid intake, yeah. And I'm just thinking, you know, I've done this to you in the podcast anyway, I just come up with questions on the fly <laughs> right. just as a pregnant woman myself. Would you always recommend to try and up your fibre from a food source first as opposed to like your fibre supplements and your metamucils and your drinks and things? Would that be a better way to start? Yeah, potentially, particularly if you aren't quite getting like your two serves of fruit a day. So um, two fruits that can really help with constipation is kiwi fruit and pear as well. Okay, so, yes. Yeah. So they both have, um, I guess, components in them that can really help with regular bowel action. So trying those, um, if making sure you're getting those, you know, your five serves of veggies and all those sorts of things. If you've ticked those boxes um, and you are getting enough fibre, then the next step could be yeah, trialling some over-the-counter fibre supplements, um, you know, Metamucil, things like that. Um, and the other thing, if um, we're still meeting all those dietary things and we're not getting anywhere, is also just checking iron supplements. Um, mm. So some um, high doses of forms of iron can actually make that constipation worse too. So that's something else we can also look at. Way too much personal information. It's not about me. But somehow I'm on iron supplements and it's my third pregnancy and I've been mm. constipated both times and touch wood. I'm in my third trimester and I am so regular and not yes. constipated. I'm so happy. It's probably so all that unusual running for me. Yeah, it's probably all the running around after the two other kids. Yeah. You're probably keeping That's active. A <laughs> That's a good point, actually. 
Now, I wasn't, I said I wasn't going to take live questions, but a few have come in that are relevant. So I'm just going to throw these at you. Alicia did ask, is it best to eat the skins on fruits and vegetables as a way of upping the fiber? And I know we did speak about this in one of the podcast episodes, but could you just quickly answer that now? Yeah, so eating skins on fruits and vegetables can really help to increase your fiber intake. Um, in pregnancy, I would just always make sure that you're washing those fruits and vegetables well before you're eating them, just from a food safety point of view. Um, mm. But yes, if they're washed and fresh and um, yeah, certainly eating the skins can re like really help to increase your fiber intake. Mm. I know someone introduced me to eating kiwi fruit skins and I thought it was the most disgusting thing you could possibly imagine. But I tell you what, it did work. I can only tolerate yellow, not green skins. They're too furry. But yellow skins on kiwi fruit, ladies, get mm. onto it. It's so very easy. Con <laughs> very controversial, that, the kiwi skin. Yeah. <laughs> Such oh, a personal, just, personal yeah. preference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Fee has also asked, is Metamucil safe in pregnancy and breastfeeding? Yes, it is. So yes. that can be a good option. It's easily, you can get, I'm pretty sure you can get that in most supermarkets now as well. Yes. So that can be a really good option to start with. Yeah. And I know I've personally used that in my last two, just to like really be on top of it without having to think too much. And it tastes pretty good as well. Like mm. for a fiber supplement, I think it's quite nice. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. Now this is a really good question that came through and I know a lot of women specifically in the first trimester will be nodding along now like yes please mm -hmm. Lucy, give me the answer what this lady had written in to say that water triggers her nausea quite badly so what is a way that she can keep her fluids up um but with managing this nausea at the same time mm. yeah this can be quite common particularly in that first trimester um if you're getting those taste changes and that constant nausea so a few things that you can do is um, trying to have other types of fluids. So if, if water is making you feel sick and nauseous, don't force yourself to keep drinking plain water if it's just making you feel worse. Mm. Um, trying to have fluids really cold, I find, can help too. So, um, you know, maybe having like plain mineral waters or soda waters and things like that on ice. Sometimes when things are really cold, that can help. Mm. Um, also for some women that warm drinks might help as well um, just to, I guess, mitigate that aversion. And lots of your um, sort of, there's lots of plain um, soda waters around now that you can get that don't have uh, any sort of added sugars or sweeteners and things like that that are often flavoured with citrus as well. And I find citrus is something that women do tend to kind of tolerate and it curbs that nausea quite well. So it's fine mm. to use those types of fluids. Yeah. Um, icy poles can be good too, sucking on them, particularly if you've been quite unwell. Those hydrolyte icy poles can be a good option too if you've been vomiting. Yes. Um, and then even just having like fruits that have got really high water content. So, you know, mm -hmm. sucking on like watermelon and um, having soups and stuff like that. They might not be, you know, classic drinks, but they're still foods and um, meal options that have that high fluid and it's going to help to meet those fluid needs in pregnancy. That's a great point. I guess I hadn't thought about it as food options, but if you really mm. are struggling just to sip on water, regardless of the varieties you just mentioned, then yeah, you're right, watermelon and mm. yeah, soups and things like that, they're great options. Yeah, mm. really cool. I, I love how practical your ideas are. Um, <laughs> they're always really, really good. Um, speaking of practicality and snacks i want to skip ahead um because i know you're really good with snacks you've given me some great ideas for postpartum <laughs> but someone else had um 
written in to say, do you have suggestions for simple snacks to have on hand? They didn't say specifically when, but I assume they mean during pregnancy, just to sort of tick all the boxes as a healthy, well-rounded snack. So what comes to mind for you? So for snacks to have out and about on the go, things you can have in your handbag or in the you know desk in the drawer at work or something like that. Um, I love bags of popcorn can be a really mm-hmm. good option. There's actually popcorn's having a bit of a moment at the moment. <laughs> There's a huge <laughs> amount of different little packs and flavours and things that you can get. So um, popcorn can be a really good option. And particularly if you're craving that kind of salty, crunchy texture, I find that it works really well. Mm. Um, things like I'm a big fan of nuts as for snacks in pregnancy as well. Um, nuts just have lots of really good nutrients and good fats and lots of health benefits, benefits overall. Um, but they can be really practical as something that you can just have on the go as well. Mm -hmm. Um, There's lots of, um, you know, muesli bars, even some higher fibre biscuits aren't too bad as well. Again, if you're sort of wanting that kind of plain, um, something you can grab out of the bag just when you that sudden kind of um, hunger or craving strikes, those can be some good options um, to have on the go. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, And and then... You go. Um, And then if you're at home or, um, you know, you've got a bit of time to sort of throw some things together, cheese and biscuits are always a really good one as well. Mm. Um, And fruit too. I find fruit's probably one of the most common things I encounter that women really crave as well, that kind of refreshing texture. And obviously it's got benefits like we just talked about for fibre, but always having some fruit around um, that you can grab for when you're needing those snacks is really helpful. Yeah, I love that. And none of that is expensive or hard to make or like they're so easy to just pop in your handbag or take with you. Just coming back to it because I just I had a, a little friendly debate amongst friends the other day. Personally, do you really like almonds? Because I am an anti-almond snacker. Can't stand them. They're so dry and tasteless. Give me cashews or pistachios or something like that. But I'm so anti-almonds and I was out um, voted. Everyone else was pro almonds. So are you personally pro almond snacks? I personally prefer slithered almonds in like oats or porridge yes. or something like that. So I'm not someone to kind of carry almonds on me. If I'm going to snack on nuts, similar, I quite like pistachios or cashews or other types of nuts. But yes. I do love slithered almonds in like, yeah, in my oats or overnight oats and um, in that format is my preference. Yeah. You're making me feel more normal. I was very much outvoted. They were like, no, I love almonds. I was like, you guys have some seriously weird taste because almonds are so dull. (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay, so speaking of snacks, um, one of the – oh, and Fee has just said that dry roasted almonds are a game changer. Mm. So maybe I'm having raw almonds and that's the problem. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Um, Another – question that was sent through was about snacks so this lady has gestational diabetes and guys that is episode four if you have gdm or you want to know more about gdm go and check out episode four but she's saying is she only able to have low gi snacks during labor so that was interesting Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good question this is something that comes up when i'm working with my um, mums with gestational diabetes as we kind of prepare for those last few weeks of um, pregnancy Um, so ideally we do want to continue on the types of snacks that have been good for blood sugar levels in pregnancy through to labor. So we still need to avoid sugar spikes in those last few hours of life for for bubs. 
Um, so ideally we would be choosing low GI snacks. Saying that, if you, it often comes back to the portions and the amount of food that you're having. So um, many women can get away with having higher GI types of carb in small amounts from time to time, and that doesn't cause too many issues with their blood sugar levels. So I think that that would also transfer to labour as well. Um, that if you had, you know, just a small amount of something that was more of a higher GI type of carb for that bit, hit of energy um, in labour, then that would be fine. Perfect. So if the main concern with GDM, and again, I know we spoke about this in episode four, but mm -hmm. just off the top of my head, is it the baby still or is the mum going to feel she has a high sugar spike? She's just snacked on a whole bag of Alan's lollies. Mm -hmm. Is she going to feel quite off in her labour because of that? No, it's still about looking at the environment that the baby's in. So even though baby has done a lot of its growth right through pregnancy and we're getting to labour, you know, the last few hours of bubs being in that environment from mum in the placenta, mm. we still, where possible, want to try and keep the blood sugar levels as stable as possible because mm -hmm. what happens is in those last hours of, um, I guess, life, if baby's getting high blood sugar levels, it will um, produce more insulin and after it's born, if it's got more insulin on board, that might actually, I guess, increase the risk of bubs having low blood sugar levels after birth. Okay, as that makes well. sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, let's move on now to food aversions and cravings, which was episode three on the podcast, but we're going to cover it again slightly today. This lady has written in to say, what are your tips for healthy weight gain when dealing with issues like food aversions and cravings? I know that's probably a big question, but mm. can you pull anything out of there that's something easy for women to take away? I think where possible, um, particularly if they're feeling quite tired, um, making sure that you're keeping hydrated and having some of those strategies in place to help with fatigue because when we're really overtired and just worn out, which does happen in pregnancy. Fatigue is a very common part of pregnancy. Um, that can actually also then increase cravings as well because our body's kind of looking for that hit of energy. So making mm. sure you're keeping your um, fluids up and um, particularly if you've got a really big increase in fatigue, making sure your iron levels are being checked and those types of things have um, aren't contributing to that fatigue as well. Mm. And then if we've ticked all those boxes, to help with cravings, really trying to have regular meals and snacks throughout pregnancy. So women in pregnancy, majority of the time, they need to be having snacks between meals. They, You know, you struggle to go five or six hours without eating. Often if you're going that long, you start to feel pretty crappy and just not have a lot of energy. And again, that's can when we um, might be more likely to have those cravings for um, or sweet cravings. So mm. really trying to have regular meals and snacks um, and keeping your um, energy levels up and your blood sugar levels stable throughout the day might help to reduce the chances of those those cravings. Yeah, That's great. And that sort mm. of ties in. Another question we got was how to overcome sugar cravings. And this lady mm. was saying what you just said, she's energy mm. depleted and fatigued, the sugar cravings hit hard, which you've mm. already answered. But I wonder is there, because you answered this in the podcast for another example, but are there like quite simple swap ideas that you can think of off the top of your head when you're craving you know like that really fake mm. sugar lollies chocolates things like that what might quench that craving mm. but slightly healthier for us yeah and 
It, the other thing I want to say too is often we, women feel really guilty about having a sweet craving and having something sweet to eat. And there's no reason to feel guilty about that. There's certainly sweet foods, like any food can be part of healthy eating in pregnancy. Um, so, and I think trying to feel, uh, feeling guilty about it and really trying to push away cravings often can just lead to craving things more and more and more. So um, if it's just a matter of an occasional craving for something, you're often better off just to have the food that you're craving because <laughs> that yeah. can be the best thing to sort of, quit, um, I guess, um, satisfy that craving. But if you're someone that's getting sweet cravings a lot, and I do get this, particularly for my mums that have gestational diabetes, you know, lots of women are sweet tooths and they're like, I really enjoy a sweet snack, you know, at night after dinner. And things like that. So, and we will talk about um, foods that are better types of carbohydrates that are sweet that will satisfy that craving, but not be too bad for our blood sugar levels. So, some of those things might be there's some plain ice creams that actually aren't too bad. Um, there's some plain sort of um, high fiber like breakfast biscuits that you can get on the market, like Belvita and things like that that um, really aren't um, quite good as well. That can um, satisfy that craving. Having a small amount of chocolate um, is perfectly fine. You know, some women love a um, fruit and fruit and yogurt and those types of things, and and they're things that women can be eating regularly. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I think they're great ideas, and I I think it's really important that you address the guilt part because I think mm. a lot of women, particularly first pregnancies, because it's all new, but I do think there is a lot of guilt if your diet isn't 100% of the time tip-top perfect. Mm. But I think what's important to know as well is that, especially for the women who struggle to keep food down and who are really nauseous and only craving mm. you know, a very plain diet is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but mm. baby will take what it needs anyway. So often, yes, you're the one then left depleted if you're not having like a really wide variety diet but baby will get what they need would you agree with that is that the sort of advice that you would give those women who feel guilty about not being able to keep food down absolutely yeah and particularly if it's in that first trimester mm. babies take what they need lots of the nutrients your bodies will have stores of that the yeah. um that will be used um and that it, your baby takes you know it's nine months of development one or two snacks here or there is not something that's going to have um, you know, a really significant impact on. We've got to look at the nutrition overall and what you've had to eat and we look at the bigger picture. We're not looking at one or two food choices here or there. It's yeah. not going to have a big impact. Exactly right. Mm. And, Joe, I'll come back to your question at the end. Um, Bryony, you've just asked, does your nutrient need change over the trimesters? And, yes, mm. it does. We answer all of that in Episode 1 of the podcast. So Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast, go check out the first episode of this series we literally cover that exact question. So go check that out. Now, I've got two more questions and then we're going to go to a couple of just a few live ones, but I thought these were really important questions. So mm. this lady has said she had gestational diabetes for baby number one and she wants to know, is there anything she can do nutritionally to prevent that from happening again, which I'm really curious to know the answer to. Mm. Yeah, this is an area of growing research, actually. There's research coming out on prevention of gestational diabetes all the time. So there is um, some research to, to show that certain dietary patterns, like, for example, following a more Mediterranean-style dietary pattern um, can help to reduce your risk of gestational diabetes. Um, quite a few studies showing um, the types of protein that we eat, actually, in early pregnancy and prior to pregnancy, um, can impact that risk of gestational diabetes um, and just that, those overall dietary patterns. So following um, 
you know, I guess a dietary pattern that's choosing more quality carbohydrates, overall balance intake are things that can help to reduce that risk. And there's lots of lifestyle stuff like activity and um, just general things as well that can help to reduce that risk, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, last question, and then we're going to take a few live ones before we wrap up. What should a woman's in pregnancy protein intake be? Mm, this is a good question because lots of um, people are using protein powders or, you know, they're focusing on protein lots prior to pregnancy and they come to pregnancy and go, oh, does this change or is this something that I need to think about? Um, so I guess generally re general recommendations around protein requirements in the first trimester, they don't really change. It's more the second and third trimester that those protein um, needs increase. So um, average when a woman's not pregnant, our um, requirements are around 0.8 grams per kilo of body weight. In the second and third trimester, that increases to about one gram per kilo of body weight. So it's pretty easy off the top of your head to work that out. Mm. Um, not having enough protein or inadequate protein intake is really uncommon. Um, okay. So it's not something that we see regularly. Um, I find with protein, I'm often talking more about spreading it out throughout the day across the meal. So having an even sort of protein intake throughout the day, um, which can help with some of the other pregnancy symptoms. Like it may help a bit with nausea, actually. Again, helping us feeling full throughout the day, those stable blood sugar levels, um, and which can just generally help with energy levels and um, feeling a bit better. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, mm. And I've just got one more question for you about protein. But, guys, mm. ladies, <laughs> we're mm. going to wrap up soon. I'm going to take a couple of live questions. So throw them up now in the comments if you do have any so that we can answer them all in one. But mm. So let's say I weigh 75 kilos and you're saying mm. one gram of protein per kilo. So that's 75 mm. grams of protein. Can you give us... What does that look like, roughly speaking? Because I always love to then visualise what 75 grams of protein might look like. Um, so some common foods, like for something like an egg, will have around 7 grams of protein roughly. So, okay. you know, for example, if you got up in the morning and you might have 10 eggs. Yeah, 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 you're probably not going to have it all in one meal. <laughs> that would be impressive. Um, but, you know, if you had um, a couple of eggs on toast for breakfast in the morning, that would give you, say, 14, 15 grams to get you started for the day. Um, and they'll, often there's small amounts of protein in other foods like bread or just general things. Um, there's plenty of yogurts around that you'll often see marketing all over the front of them, which are around 15 grams of protein in them. So, again, that can be a good option for snacks. Um, and then obviously if you're having a good source of protein at lunch and dinner, um, it's quite easy to achieve around, you know, 25 to 30 grams of protein um, with, you know, a, I guess a, a standard portion of meat. So aiming for around that quarter of the plate um, or a quarter of your meal being um, meat or an alternative will generally easily meet those protein requirements for most women. Yeah, great. Thank you. That's awesome. Okay, a couple of live questions. I will, might have to cap it because we've, we've been on here for half an hour and we're going to round it up soon. But what's your take on – we did talk about probiotics for breastfeeding in the mm. bonus episode, which is up for Pregnancy Posse members only. So if you're a member, go check that out. That's episode six. But what's your take on probiotics in pregnancy? Just a so quick, quick answer. 
Yeah, that's a good question. Again, an area of something that's growing all the time. The thing with probiotics is it's very, there's lots of specific strains. So it's important that you choose a probiotic that's designed for women in pregnancy um, mm-hmm. that contains a specific strains, which have shown to be um, perhaps have some benefits. Yes. Okay. Awesome. And another lady wrote in earlier to say, if you're losing weight in the first trimester because of nausea and vomiting and whatnot, is this of concern or is that something more to speak to their doctor about? What's your take on that? Yeah, definitely speak to your doctor about it. Often it's it's quite common for women to lose weight in that first trimester and make up for it as a pregnancy progresses. So for most of the most women, it's not a concern. Um, mm. But um, if they're, you know, vomiting constantly, not able to keep fluids down and that hydration is a concern, they definitely need to talk to their doctor about that. Yes. Mm. Really interesting question because I've not actually heard about this one before, but I'd be interested to know. Um, Tazi has asked, is there any dietary changes that can assist in preventing or minimising the risk of developing GBS, which is the um, bacteria that you're swabbed for often in late pregnancy? And I'd love to hear your take on that. That's a really interesting question. I'm not aware of any specific um, nutrition-related factors that can help reduce that, but I may actually Mm -hmm. go and do a bit of research after that just to make sure because it's a very interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know if you do find anything Mm. because I did listen to a podcast recently um, Mm. and the lady had followed some sort of protocol and I don't know exactly what it entailed, but I do believe it was nutrition-based. And it sounded successful, but I don't know the evidence behind it and all Mm. of that. So, yeah, that would be an interesting Mm. one to know more about. Um, Okay. What else have we got? Um, Oh, yes, just a quick one. Lauren has asked, do milk cookies that help produce increase your milk supply are they good i think is the rough <laughs> gist of that as in um like lactation, lactation cookies, cookies and things <laughs> yeah yes and we we did touch on this when we um talked about breastfeeding yes. um they can be beneficial yes and i often find that it's about having regular snacks on hand and women actually eating enough regularly um and mm-hmm. cookies are ideal because there's something that you can grab and a one-handed snack that can keep up your nutrition and there is also some other products in there that can help yeah And I know, so that's our bonus episode, the breastfeeding nutrition one, which is for the Pregnancy Posse members. But I know I mentioned in that episode that I had no milk supply issues whatsoever and I smashed an entire box of lactation cookies because they taste so good. (laughs) So they can be a dangerous calorie trap as well. (laughs) Absolutely. You don't want to be, you don't want your diet to fully consist of lactation cookies. They're not going to meet all your nutrition needs, but... Um, but having one here or there is okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we'll take one final question from Alicia. How much fluid should a pregnant woman be having mm. on a daily basis? So we want to be aiming for around three litres a day. Um, and just be mindful that some things will actually increase your fluid needs as well. So particularly if it's hot weather, which we haven't had as hot summer, (laughs) particularly here in Victoria is what we normally get. Um, But if you've had um, any sort of vomiting or diarrhoea or activity as well, if you've been particularly any sort of high-intensity activity, those types of things will actually increase your fluid needs. So it's really important in pregnancy that you are replacing those fluids yeah awesome Mm. i love it 
Thank you so much, Larissa, for giving up your time again to answer all these questions. Ladies, I will be putting this live recording up as a bonus episode on the podcast. So if anyone missed it or if you missed the start and you want to hear what we spoke about, I am hoping to get it up tomorrow. We'll see how we go. (laughs) Um, So that will be a bonus episode up on the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. And if you didn't get your question answered, like I said, go back and check out the first five episodes because we really do cover... Overall, it ends up being like two and a half hours we chatted for or something crazy like that. So it's a lot of content we covered. But thank you so much for all the ladies who joined us on the call tonight. Thank you for your questions. And I hope that it all made sense. Every time I speak to Larissa, I go, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. I feel like I learn something new every time. So (laughs) thank you for everyone for joining us and have a wonderful night. Ciao, ciao. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey mamas, Laura here and I really hope that you love that episode. Live Q&As are always such a great way to answer your burning questions and have just a really fun and enjoyable conversation. So if you'd love to learn more from Larissa, you can find her on Instagram at prenatal underscore dietitian. And I'd also love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura if you've loved this nutrition series and what your favorite episodes or learnings were. And don't forget that we have another amazing podcast series launching next Monday. So be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with PhysioLaura podcast so that you never miss an episode. And for anyone who wants to access these podcast series before they're released to the public, or if you ever want to get your hands on the incredible bonus content, come and join us inside my online program, The Pregnancy Posse. You can find out more about The Posse and trial it for seven days by visiting thepregnancyposse.com. I will catch you soon for our next amazing podcast series on the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.